Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Kodai Senga is sore. Kodai Senga, he's a little bit sore. And when it's February 21st, because that's when he was throwing, and you feel a little sore, you're going to shut it down. You're not going to push through it. This isn't game five of the NLCS. This isn't a start in the middle of May. It's February 21st. So my reaction when I was told this news, and the timing of it couldn't be worse, because I was in the midst of talking about the Mets and how I have optimism coming into this season. And as I'm talking about that, here's an injury potential possibility with the aces of this team in Kodai Senga. So I was a little taken back. And certainly your first reaction is to any piece of news that could be negative, to have your brain go to the worst possible spot. So even though as of right now and as of this recording, It is just soreness, and that could mean absolutely nothing. Our brains as Met fans take us to this very dark place. And I think what adds to that dark place is if we were going to make a list, and this actually seems like a pretty good podcast idea, if we were going to make a list of all 26 New York Mets that will end up on the opening day roster, and we were going to rank them in terms of importance, Kodai Senga may not be number one. He may not be number two, but he is definitely in the top five. He is very, very important to the Mets having any kind of success in 2024. He is, when you look at this rotation, even though he's only been in the major leagues for one year, is the guy you trust the most. He's the ace of the team. And not just the ace of the team, he's the only guy in the Met rotation who's a lock to be on the team next year. So I think we view him as someone that is not only essential to the Mets having success this season, but obviously a big part of the future. So when I say deep breath, calm down, I say it because there's no reason to panic yet. And that's the key word. In spring training, guys are going to have injuries. Sometimes they lead to nothing. And yeah, I admit, sometimes they lead to horrendous things. If this turns into an MRI in New York, I will be very, very nervous. If this turns into anything that's an actual injury, which for a starting pitcher derails you being ready for the start of the year, if we're being honest, like the timetable around starting pitchers is so different than if a position player has a nagging injury that pushes them back a few weeks, they can still be ready for opening day. But with a starting pitcher and the fact they're building themselves up towards the start of the season, if he has a derailment that knocks him off for a couple of weeks, that probably means he's not ready for opening day. And that certainly changes the complexion of the rotation. And look, that can be catastrophic because all you've got to do is look back at last year. 
And certainly the timing of it was weird. We got it on opening day. But Justin Verlander being out for the first month of the season is one of the things that really helped turn 2023 into a nightmare. Jose Quintana getting hurt early in spring training was a big contributor to the nightmare season. And while the Mets have talked up their depth over the last couple of days and last couple of weeks, do they really have starting pitching depth? I mean, is Jose Budo and Tyler McGill and Joey Lucchese, is that the great starting pitching depth that would make us feel good if all of a sudden they're down an arm or down a second arm? So look, I don't minimize what Kodai Senga means for this team. He is really, really, really important. He is the ace of this team. I guess what I tell you in late February is have a deep breath. Soreness is not the end of the world. That's what I would say. Now, on a scale from 1 to 10, 1 means you're on the beach with the feet up. 10 means you're in Panic City. Hoff, what would be your number? Oh, with this specific injury or concern, it's like a 2. Oh, really? Look at you being optimistic. Yeah, it's not... It's it's the right dude. It's not even we we haven't even seen the first pitch of spring training yet. Like of like spring training game. Like it is what it is. They're going to sit. We we understand that. We're they're going to be a little bit extra cautious. And I will tell you this much: I'll guarantee we are not going to get a surprise on opening day that Kodai Senga is going to be out for a month. It's it's better. It's happening now. That's all I can tell you. Well, that that, that is a, definitely a positive outlook. If it's not, let's say it is an injury, but it's not a major injury, you'd rather get this stuff done in February. I mean, there's no doubt about that. And look, we're going to get scares. I mean, spring training is filled with injuries. It just is. You just have to hope it's not catastrophic. Unfortunately, last year, when you think back to the first month of the season, and I don't mean the month of the season, I mean the month of spring training. Like if our baseball season begins on February 20th, because that's when pitchers and catchers are reporting, and that's when injuries like occur. So you say from February 20th to March 25th, the New York Mets last year, our baseball team were hit with three major, major blows. Not one, not two, but three. Edwin Diaz, Jose Quintana, and then eventually Justin Verlander on opening day. Now, that really helped derail this season. Now, I'll give you one positive, because this is something I said I think within about a minute of hearing the news on WFN, and we did a lot of Mets on Wednesday. If you missed the show, I guess you can download the podcast or whatever if you're done with the Rico. Uh, but one of the things that jumped out at me was when Kyle Bradish went down with Baltimore. Kyle Bradish has a partially torn UCL. He had a really good year last year. I'd argue pound for pound he was the Orioles' best pitcher. In fact, I wouldn't have to argue it. It's pretty obvious. He was the, he was their best pitcher last year. So when he goes down with a partially torn UCL, Scott Boris, as a representative of Blake Snell and Jordan Montgomery, sees that and says, ooh, hello, maybe Baltimore gets a little bit more aggressive for a starting pitcher. If the Mets are going to miss Kodai Senga for any period of time, does it, I'm asking a question, and then of course I'll answer it, does it cause David Stearns and Steve Cohen to say, you know what? Maybe it would be worth pursuing Jordan Montgomery. Because Jordan Montgomery has been a guy who this entire offseason, I've looked at, I think a lot of us have looked at, and said, he makes sense. Like, that fits. That fits short-term, but that also fits long-term. Now, I don't think, to answer my own question, David Stearns and Steve Cohen will be impacted by an injury to Kodai Sanka to then go out and make an aggressive move. 
But I think for us as Met fans, when we sit back and we look at this rotation and we think about this year and we think about next year, Jordan Montgomery continues to make sense. He continues to make sense for this rotation from a short-term perspective and from a long-term perspective. You don't have to give up any picks to sign him. Uh, he's still in the prime of his career. Like I think with Blake Snell, I know Snell's different because of the compensation they'd have to give up. I think we've seen the best of Blake Snell. Like, I think there's a really good chance we never see Blake Snell come close to what he accomplished last year or a few years earlier with Tampa Bay. I don't feel that way with Jordan Montgomery. So within about a minute of hearing about the soreness for Kodai Senga, my brain did immediately jump to, how about Jordan Montgomery? How about Jordan Montgomery? Now, one thing I stressed a lot on the fan, and I'll certainly bring it here because it's the way I feel, is that... And it's not just the sun of spring training. It's not just the idea of baseball season starting. There are years in which I go into it as a Met fan not feeling very good about the team. And then there are years in which I'm very optimistic about the team. The more I think about the roster, the more I think about the competition, and not just in the NL East, because the NL East is very good, but certainly around the National League, the more I look at what Texas accomplished last year and what Arizona accomplished last year, the more I feel better about the team we have. Now, does that mean I think we're going to win the World Series this year? No. But do I think this team with the talent on this roster should be in the mid-80s and competing for a playoff spot? Yeah. And that doesn't contradict that I don't love necessarily everything they did this offseason. I still feel like there's a move or two to be made. I would feel better if they added a real DH instead of relying on Mark Vientos and DJ Stewart and Harrison Bader being an everyday player. I'd feel better if they added an arm in Jordan Montgomery. But a part of the reason why I feel good about this team as we creep closer to the first spring training game is I'm a fan of reliability. I'm a fan of knowing what I have. And this Met lineup features Pete Alonzo, who I think is the most reliable slugger in baseball, Francisco Lindor, who since the moment he's gotten here, I'll tell you this, he plays every day. He's out there every day. And certainly the last two years, he's been incredibly productive. And if you buy the fact that he wasn't fully healthy last year, maybe he'll be even better this year. I can rely on Brandon Nimmo, who over the last two years has put up virtually the same numbers and should be better defensively this year moving to left. I believe it is likelier Jeff McNeil is good Jeff McNeil versus crappy Jeff McNeil. And I feel good about the young guys coming up, along with Alvarez, who built on a nice rookie season. Now, do they need Brett Beatty to prove he's a major leaguer? Absolutely. But if those things can go right, I think this team can score runs. And I know that sounds like a broken record because Hoff and I argued about this last year. I felt good about the lineup and was more concerned about the pitching. Now, ultimately, what derailed us last year was everything. My concern about the pitching turned out to be true, right? Uh, my naivete about the offense turned out to be wrong, right? So Pete was right when he was concerned about the offense. But I still think with Alvarez and with Beatty hopefully being what Josh Young was last year for Texas, a guy who struggled a year earlier and then with an everyday opportunity proved, hey, I'm a damn good major leaguer, that this can be a lineup that's a strength. And we've talked about the bullpen and how this bullpen can be good. I see the avenue to where this team can be in the mid-80s, where they can be maybe even the high 80s. And dare I say, if everything breaks right, which I certainly can't bake on, 
they could be beyond that and win 90 plus games. But that goes with a pitching staff that is average. Like the pitching staff doesn't have to be great. It needs to be average. It needs to be decent. It needs to be competent. And if that happens with a strength in offense and a strength in bullpen, there's your formula to 85 wins. I think what's happened with a lot of Met fans, maybe some people listening right now, maybe some who aren't, is that because this offseason was a little underwhelming, and it was, I wanted more. And because last year was such a disappointing season, and it was, that's morphed our brain into thinking suck, suck, suck. And I don't think that's the case. I don't think this team sucks. I think this team has a better chance of being good than awful. And I think it's just easy nowadays because of the disappointment of the offseason and because of what happened last year to just have the knee-jerk reaction of they're not that good. I don't think this is a bad team. I'll be pissed off if they are because maybe my bar is higher than other Met fans and certainly higher than a lot of other people in this town.